3: they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
2: So you? you can do it if you try.
1: One million people. That's how many people go blind each year. That's a staggering number. Hi, I'm Randall Lavoglio, President and CEO of C International. By the end of this year, one million men, women, and children will have gone blind. 285 million people worldwide are visually impaired, and 90% of them live in developing countries. Here's an even more sobering fact. Every 60 seconds, somewhere in the world, a child goes blind. They will live their lives unable to see the beautiful world around them if they don't get the treatment they need. Yet 80% of all these cases could have been prevented or treated. The only thing they lack is access to proper eye care. See International is a Santa Barbara-based nonprofit dedicated to getting them that care. All it takes is about $100 to restore someone's sight and transform their life forever. For more information, go to our website at cinternational.org.
2: When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our kinses. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit. And make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. From
4: Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're going to do some money in politics with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Joe Concha columnist at The Messenger and Fox News contributor and author of Come On Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency and How to Return America to Greatness. And Joe Concha, I begin with you. The problem with the debaters on the debate stage at the Reagan Library is that they didn't do the truth about Biden's no good, horrible, very bad presidency and how to return America to greatness. There was no over. I mean, nobody punched him out. Nobody attacked big government socialism. Nobody called for across-the-board tax cuts. Nobody called... Here, here's Donald Trump speaking to the UAW workers saying, quote, under the Trump administration, gasoline engines will be allowed and sex changes for children will be banned. Nobody had a line like that on the debate stage. So as a result, Trump was the winner of the debate. The morning consult poll shows an eight-point swing post-debate. Trump has gone from 58 to 63, and DeSantis has gone from 15 to 12. Joe Concha, Wow. I that's mean, amazing, isn't it? Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. It's like, you know, game, set, match.
3: And That's the thing. There's such a feeling of inevitability to all this at this point isn't there i mean i i can't yeah. remember the last time we had like an open primary right where huh. it's already over it seems in september of not 2024 but september 2023 right it, it's still what 400 days till election day <laughs> and it's just yes. larry it's impossible for these guys and, and Nikki haley to break through here because they mirror trump so much on so many policies right but they can't seem to articulate it and bottle it into what you just read as far as trump obama biden ran an excellent campaign in 2012 because this is what they ran on and i remember it now And we're 11 years later they said gm is alive and and bin laden is dead that's it (laughs) You know, we saved the auto industry and we killed the bad guy. That's what it comes down to. Oh, that's, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Fabulous. Give him credit, man. He's he's good at what he does. That's uh, fabulous. So that's where we are. That's where we are. They, they, they can't... It, who, Mark Simone had a great... Um, description on your show, he mm. said, we were looking on that stage at a bunch of middle managers and not a CEO, and <laughs> that's that's the feeling that you get at this point. What was
4: his other one Was when they started yelling at each other? It, it was a bad game show program.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark came prepared that day, and it was... Not really uh, either. That just, just by the way, with you
4: guys you. in the lead, that was a wonderful pen. The ratings for that show were very, very good, Liz. Thank speak, you, um, Liz. Uh, so Trump goes to California, and um, he's at some—I da- don't know where he was—a Dairy Queen or something—and he's buying everybody ice cream. And this one guy blurts out. He said, "Trump buys." Wait, Trump gives me ice cream, and Biden gives me $6 a gallon. <laughs> God. In California,
5: yeah. Larry, it's $7 a gallon, right? <laughs> uh,
4: I but think, I mean, you know, for short takes, that's kind of where the race is. Yeah,
5: and I think your your quote from Trump is, is completely perfect. I mean, bring it home. Yeah. Nobody brought it home to the kitchen table. and yeah. that, And no one... It, it was kind of weird. I, I thought it was a horrible debate, honestly. Um, <laughs> yes. And nobody really spoke to people like human beings. I don't know. It was just a – it was kind of strange. It was a food fight, very unattractive um for some of the candidates like Nikki Haley had done very well in the first debate. And she really demeaned herself in my view, by punching down at Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott. She didn't need to do that. She was kind of surging into second place behind Donald Trump in some of these polls. So own that. I mean, look like uh, a leader. Don't look like somebody who's, you know, willing to kind of spar it out with other people. It, It just, it was unattractive. And anyway, I I thought it was discouraging, and yeah, I'm not at all surprised that Morning Consult uh, shows Trump the winner.
4: You know, uh, Nikki Haley was having a decent debate until she started calling Vivek a dummy and, you know, China. So he has an account on TikTok. Big deal. I mean, I don't like TikTok either. Nobody likes TikTok. Nobody likes China. So he has an account on TikTok. Okay, what? It's not a criminal offense. I mean, it just she just wiped out all the good she tried to do. Yeah. And I mean, again, I you're nobody. There was no breakout breakouts. There was no Reagan in this debate. That was a, you're in the Reagan Library, but there was no Reagan in this debate. And we were talking about this earlier in the show with Charlie, uh, Hurd and John Carney, and point that I like, uh, you know. Trump speaks in bold colors. All mm-hmm. right. The the debaters and the others they're they're speaking in pastels. And the voters right now want bold colors. And this is Trump's great advantage as a communicator. Whatever you think of the guy, uh he just is a powerful powerful communicator. Um and I think it's going to do well. By the way, let's talk about this other piece of news uh rfk jr bob kennedy jr might run as an independent joe concha yeah. what do you think that might mean
3: well we could have another repeat of 2000 right where uh, florida may not have gone to george w bush right without a certain candidate named ralph nader uh oh. and sometimes it's these third party can remember that or, or jill stein right 2016 yep. apparently it's yep. enough votes away from hillary in states like pennsylvania michigan wisconsin and that's how trump won so it's so minuscule the margin which it shouldn't be, by the way. I mean, did Joe Biden, any other year, any other time, would be beaten by... Reagan-esque proportions, right? Like 49 states to one type of thing, based on his record, based on his age, based on the perception of him mentally. Uh, But this is going to be a race, just like 2016, just like 2020, that comes down to a couple of states and 10,000 votes here and 12,000 votes there. And if Robert F. Kennedy Jr. ends up running as an independent, the question is, who does he siphon votes away from? I would argue Biden, because at one point he was at 20% support among Democratic voters against Joe Biden. I can't see too many being siphoned away from Trump just because they're so ideologically different, perhaps, I guess, maybe not on vaccines, but I don't see that as like a big, big issue in 2024. So if he goes third party, trust me, the Biden people will not be happy about that. What do you think, Liz?
5: Oh, I, I agree 100 percent. I mean, and and RFK Jr. has to be prepared for being completely slimed by the mainstream <laughs> media and Democrats going okay. forward. Look what they're doing No labels. I mean, they are panicked that there's another line on every ballot uh, for anybody, any third party, any independent, because exactly right, an awful lot of people don't want to vote for Joe Biden. By the way, even in 2020, people didn't want to vote for Joe Biden. If you look at the polling, Mm -hmm. they voted against Donald Trump. Well, Mm -hmm. now if you have two reasons or two opportunities to vote against Donald Trump, You're not going to – I mean, Joe's totally right. Those are not going to be Trump voters or Republicans generally, I don't think, who siphon off to the RFK column. But I I think Democrats are going to bring everything they can bring to keep this guy from doing that. And by the way, they have similar angst about Cornel West and all kinds of other people who have raised that possibility. But RFK Jr. is a serious uh, threat, without a doubt, to Joe Biden.
4: Yeah. Liz, I can't were you at the dinner with RFK
5: Jr? No, I, I uh, sadly I could not be there.
4: You know, just saying um he was very good. Uh, I mean, I know him a little bit. Uh I spoke with him privately, but um he was very calm and gracious and kind of laid out his positions he has some interesting positions you know on COVID and shutdowns and stuff like that, and
5: oh yeah the,
4: the deep state uh he's an industrial policy guy i mean it's a lot, i mean he's he knew that the, the crowd was not going to be with him on a number of issues, but he kind of he's a very intelligent guy, and i I don't think they can push him around in other words, if he's going to do this and he's saying something about a speech October ninth in Philadelphia. Um, if he, I don't think they can push him around. I mean, that's the sense. I don't think he cares. You know, I, I mean, he is who he is. Um, he's got money. Uh, his life doesn't depend on this stuff. And
5: he has a magic name, Larry. He has a yeah. magic name for an yeah, awful lot of old-time Democrats. And and I, I would just say one other thing. When he first launched and over the summer months, he brought up things, I thought very cleverly, sort of saying, you know, I'm an old-time Democrat. Since when? Are Democrats the pro-war party, meaning, of course, their support uh, for Ukraine? When are Democrats the pro-pharma big pharma uh, party well mm-hmm. i mean they're and you kind of got to wonder you know whatever happened to democrat concern and suspicions about big pharma they've all in on covid vaccines and the profits to be made from those so i thought he had some interesting talking points it's going mm-hmm. to resonate with some democrats yeah i agree with that i agree
4: with that old line democrat and he has a magic name you're quite right so it'll really hurt biden yeah. um joe is biden going to run
3: Boy, that's a <laughs> weekly question, isn't it? I, you know, I just filed a column for for The Messenger, and uh, we all know Jimmy Finkelstein, of course. I'm sure he'll be sending it to both of you tomorrow uh, yes, when it hits. Yes, uh, I wrote about how Michelle Obama, there's a scenario out there that Ted Cruz floated on his podcast yep. that said, okay, I think that, when the convention comes, Joe Biden's going to come up with some sort of excuse that he can't continue, health, whatever. And then they're going to basically install, through delegates, Michelle Obama as the nominee. In other words, she won't have to campaign, won't have to go to Iowa in the middle of winter, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. She'll basically be installed. And then since she has these favorability ratings that are the highest among amongst any woman in this country, by a country mile still, and she's been out of the White House for many years now, uh, then, then they'll coast to victory. Basically, it's like the Oprah candidate that they always wanted. And I said, "That's not going to happen because Michelle Obama just got something like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a one-hour speech. Right? She's getting Emmy nominations on Netflix. <laughs> she's getting she's living a celebrity life on the water. Martha's Vineyard. You think she wants to jump into this swamp? No way. No shot. So I, I don't see that happening. So then I, we go back to Gavin Newsom again because Kamala Harris is obviously not a viable option. It just seems like too many things have to be moved for Joe Biden not to be running. Well, but wait." A-
4: Think of this. I saw a thing this morning. I, I don't know where it was, um, that Gavin Newsom would make a deal. Get this. He's gonna he's gonna put Kamala Harris in <laughs> Feinstein's Senate seat. Okay, uh, and that's going to put him in the vice president's seat, and then they'll offer Kamala. Uh, Wait, let me. Yeah, that's Supreme right. Court. Supreme Court. <laughs> yes, that yeah. was the scenario. That was the scenario. Exactly right.
3: Huh.
4: Um, I don't know, I know what. How happens. in the
5: world can he nominate Kamala Harris to be the the Senate replacement for Dianne Feinstein when she's vice president?
4: Well,
5: <laughs> that doesn't she'll make have, any sense to have me have at to all. Step, she'll,
4: <laughs> she'll have to step down. I don't know. And then the, Gavin Newsom is the vice presidential guy. Sure. And I don't no. know what happens to Joe Biden. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, the government is going <laughs> to shut down, and Hakeem Jeffries is going to be the new speaker. We're here with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger, Fox News contributor, and author of Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency, and How to Return America to Greatness. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow, from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peak, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger, Fox News contributor and author of Come On Man, The Truth About Biden's Presidency <laughs> Will Truncate. Um, Thank you. Let's talk about government shutdowns. Very exciting. So the latest is, I don't need to get in the weeds too much, but here's the deal. Kevin McCarthy is now pushing a 45-day continuing resolution, the so-called clean bill. It will include disaster relief for Maui and so forth. It will not, however, include money for funding Ukraine. Uh, they'll vote on that at some point in the next few hours, it's going to require, it'll pass with Democratic votes. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, Matt Gates and some others in the Freedom Caucus have said, if you pass a CR with Democratic votes, then we are going to vote to vacate the chair, mm. meaning bring uh, McCarthy down, and that would require a vote. Uh, I have no idea how this is going to end, except Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader could emerge as Speaker of the House. As bizarre as that sounds, now Liz Peek, I'm going to go to you on this <laughs> to get your take. Uh, do we have to do this, or maybe a we'll shutdown would we'll be better, or what?
5: Well, look, uh, McCarthy's trying to make this go away. Uh, he's trying to get the Republicans on board with something, and you know, look, he survived all those um, votes when when the debt ceiling issue came about. And he survived that uh, and he got something done. Let's hope it let's hope it happens again. The Republicans are you know capable, as we all know, of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. and I don't want to see a government shutdown. On the other hand, I'm totally torn on this, Larry, because the numbers on government spending are absolutely horrifying, and no one's paying any attention to them. So I think it is completely reasonable for Republicans to take a tough line here. Uh, If that can be done without a government shutdown, so be it. And they need, you know, I wish they had started this process months ago because they should have to get these appropriations bills written the way they wanted them and then present them to the American people and argue their case instead of having it now look disorganized and and chaotic, uh, which is kind of becoming the Republican brand, I'm afraid. Um, But I I actually am torn on this. I don't know which way. I don't want a government shutdown. I think politically that's always negative. But my gosh, we have got to do something to turn this arc of increased deficit spending uh, around.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory...
4: Joe um government shutdown will give Joe Biden ammunition against Republicans it will take away i think and distract from the uh collapse of Biden's polls and also to some extent will take away and distract from the um from the impeachment inquiry and the House Oversight Committee. I mean, I I think the GOP would have been better advised to get their ducks in a row before we hit this point, Joe. That's, you know, kind of thinking there. But I don't know, how do you see this? I don't know, does the country care
3: about this stuff or not? I'm not sure they do. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, And and getting the Ducks in a row, McCarthy largely did that. But the problem is he's got five very rogue Ducks that like to go on TV a lot and bring attention to themselves. (laughs) So uh, they're kind of hard to control, right? Uh, Look... I don't know. Like, I remember where I was. I was young during Game 6, Mets, Red Sox, uh, World Series, right? And I remember where I was where Brady bought the Patriots back 28-3 against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Like, these are things I remember in my life. What I don't remember, Larry, Liz, is December twenty eighth, 2018 to January twenty fifth, 2019, 35 days, our government was shut down. And at last check... As far as just being a, a regular guy, gal out there, the garbage still got picked up. The traffic lights still works. And if I call 911, someone probably picked up. In other words, the media really fear mongers around government yeah. shutdowns. But in the end, does it really impact the average person, 99.5% of them? No, probably not. So maybe you do pick it a tough stand here and enforce and, and Biden's hand, and I don't think it'll hurt Republicans as much as maybe some other folks do.
4: Joe, my paycheck was postponed for three weeks. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh.
3: So
5: How did you eat? It? It? So you, what you know is that the <laughs> mainstream media right now is lining up all these semi-tragic stories of yes. people whose paychecks are delayed and they have to go on food stamps and people who travel 3,000 miles to go to the Vietnam War Memorial. I remember that, one actually, for the last shutdown. And they can't get in or whatever because of, of the shutdown. They, they will make it as onerous and horrible-sounding as they possibly can. But to Joe's point... It's really a very small fraction of the country that will be in any way impacted. And it could be because of inflation and because people have been so hammered by it and because voters connect that to too much spending that, you know, it's like the Tea Party time. Maybe we're ready for some tough talk on spending. I, I don't know about I mean, I think it's possible Republicans get away with it.
4: Hakeem Jeffries could wind up Speaker of the House, Joe.
5: Yes, that would be horrifying. <laughs>
4: I'm telling you. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's... It- it, because McCarthy, I mean, if they vacate the chair and you yeah. get a vote on this, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm a big supporter and personal friend of Kevin McCarthy's. But the reality is he may have to rely on Democratic votes to hold his speakership. And I don't think it's there for him.
5: Larry, Larry question, serious question about this. Where is Donald Trump? Why isn't he calling Matt Gates and some of these guys and saying, get this done? You know, let's have the government move forward, keep Kevin McCarthy in his chair, et cetera. I mean, I would think the former president could be very impactful here.
4: He could be. Uh, he's been very ambiguous about mm-hmm. this. He's, I what mean, he, said, he really has. Uh, I, and I know him, and I know what he doesn't want to do, and I know what he does want to do. It's very difficult. Uh, he's saying, if you can't get the spending cuts, go for a shutdown. But the rest of that as it plays out with the speakership, I don't know. Anyway, kids, thank you ever so much, Liz Peak and Joe Concha. You're both terrific. Folks, Thanks, Larry. we will be Thanks, we're Larry. gonna close down for today. We will be back next weekend. I'm Larry Cudlow. Thanks for listening.